Alabama coach. What, what, what? It'd be Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor in that exact order. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets have given me an opportunity to play. I put a Lindo Mari up there before Ryan I like Ricky Williams. Just before Dolphins training camp this past July, he turned his back on all of it and ruined the Dolphins' entire season. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages, the Battered Fin Fans Podcast is back with you on December 27th, episode 35. Merry Christmas to you guys. I hope you guys had an amazing holiday weekend. Oh, all Dolphins fans did. Come on now. For sure they did, but we'll get to that in a moment. Danny, Mm -hmm. how you living, brother? Because the Jets scored a big one. I'm gonna talk about those fucking losers. I hate them. Even when they win, they lose. Uh, Christmas was great, man. I spent it with the family. Uh, I got my brother. <clears throat> I got him a, a Christmas gift. I don't know if you've seen him. It's the the Hard Rock Stadium Lego, like those things. Pretty cool. Like I, I wish that I liked the team that had a nice stadium so that I can get myself one of those. But uh, the Hard Rock is definitely where it's at, man. That's like the epitome of sports. I agree. I agree, especially with everything they have coming down. They have like Copa America being played here. Copa they America have finals going to be here. F one. The list everything. goes on and on. Uh, yeah, tennis, the grant, uh, the U.S. Open. Everything is down here. Yeah, so man. listen, people like giving Stephen Ross a whole lot of shit, but that man, that man he can hit done, that waddle. Right. He's he definitely can. <laughs> he definitely can. He's done everything possible to um yeah put some money into this city, and he definitely has been doing that. But 100%. You mentioned it. Beginning of the show, let's jump into it. Obviously, everybody knows that the Miami Dolphins have clinched a playoff berth. Everybody knows that the Miami Dolphins beat the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll spend a couple of minutes on here. What I really want to know, Danny, after you got a chance to watch this game, I'll tell you what my most impressive moments were about this game. And then you tell me yours. Um, There was a few. Obviously, Tyreek looked about 90%. Same speed, nine catches, 99 yards. I thought he had a pretty decent game coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not surprising. Um, I think the Cowboys did a very good job of slowing down Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. I thought they did an amazing job at that. Um, I saw you lost your fantasy game because of that, no? Yes, yes, yes. I did. Thank you for, for bringing that up. I was in the semi, no, the conference finals in both your leagues. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the finals in only one of your leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but alas, I'm still here again. And listen, I've tried to tell you this for years. I'm going to go off subject real quick. I told Danny, this is what I do. I make finals out here. I'm a six-time champ. But Yeah, yeah. I give it to you. Um, but I thought the most impressive thing, Danny, we'll start with the first one. Because we d- we discussed this at nauseum, nauseum. on the show. Mm-hmm. At nauseum has been Mike McDaniel sticking with running the ball. Even though it was ineffective. When it mattered most, he ran the ball. D- Danny, they took the lead. We got the ball back, and we put a hell of a final drive together. Mm-hmm. Play calling, Tua, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Jeff fucking Wilson. Yeah. Everything about that final drive was amazing. For me, the most impressive part of this entire game was the play calling from Mike McDaniel, the play calling for Vic Fangio, did another amazing job against these Dallas Cowboys, <clears throat> and then obviously Tua Tungabayaloa. Well, I, I really love the fact that they were able to milk the clock the way they did. Because <clears throat> if you think back to the Oakland Raiders game, like I've said time and time again on this show, the Oakland Raiders could have won that game mm-hmm. because they kept getting down the field. I mean, they wouldn't go and get a touchdown, 
but they would get into field goal range, but they kept going for it on fourth down. And the Dolphins couldn't get a sustainable drive where they had to just eat the clock. They just kept giving the ball back. So that killed them in the Raiders game, but they, they escaped that game. And the Titans game again. The Titans game, they kept giving the ball back again. So the fact that they were able to milk the clock all the way down to, what was it, like two seconds left on the clock? Right. When he hit that, <clears throat> that was, to me, that was the biggest positive. Jeff Wilson being involved, very cute. I like that also. And then Andrew Van Ginkle. Was he not the best player on the field on Sunday? Facts. Facts. Like, Facts. Was, but I, I, had to, yeah, I, like had to, I had to pick something that was more impressive because he's been impressive for so many weeks now since Jalen Phillips yes. went down. This for me was more surprising. Yes, he's a, of he's course. About to, he's about of to course. In, and if it's yeah. not us, somebody's gonna pay that. Somebody's, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's for well, sure gonna pay Thor. He, he had nine pressures. Yeah, like fifty snaps, nine pressures, and he kept dropping back in zone. Also, like yeah. he's he is Mister Utility. He is gonna get paid and well worth it because he played his ass off on Sunday. He's been doing it all year in the absence of Phillips, and um, you know I. Hats off to him. I think to me that was what stood out the most to me was Andrew Van Ginkle's production. So we're just gonna sweep under the rug the man you've been shitting on all year. Yeah, I'm not even gonna talk about him. The MVP <laughs> of this what? game, the MVP of this game, Danny. Like the guy jumping up on Christian Wilkins' shoulders in the locker room, Mr. Jason Sanders. Danny, you keep talking about it. Well, a clock's right twice a day sir yep. that man kicked from 57 54 52 30 40 something he was all over the field as clutch as possible yeah, he, how I can don't. you not listen you you got 30 seconds here give the man his damn flowers Danny. Oh, for sure no he had a game like well you could only judge a kicker it's very easy to judge kickers they either make them or miss them right and he made them so he had an, an outstanding game three from 50 plus so, obviously, I can't say absolutely anything. So, I have to stop my Jason Sanders hate. I apologize, Jason Sanders. If he ends up costing you a game, I promise you I will come back and I will tell you I knew he would cost you a game. But for the time being, I have to shut up because he shut me up. That was the best game, obviously, he's had all year because right. he has an issue kicking 50-plus yarders, but he hit three of them. And, you know, he, he's – he did what he had to do, and then shouts out to him because obviously without him, I mean, you don't win the game. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we usually do watch hard knocks on here, and we usually want to give you some feedback regarding what we thought of the show. Unfortunately, due to schedule conflicts, we were, have been unable, so we're not going to be able to talk about hard knocks mm -hmm. today. But from what I've seen, the little clip is on Twitter. The, show, the episode was amazing. But, Danny, let's move on to something. That, go ahead. Well, uh, were there any negatives from the Cowboys games? I didn't see any. I, and you know this this goes back to um, the way we dominated against the Jets, where I said I really wanted to nitpick at something, mm -hmm. but I really didn't see something to nitpick at. I think the Cowboys did an amazing job shutting down the run. They're like, all right, you're going to beat us. You're going to beat us with Tua. Then you're going to march up and down the field. And listen, what did Tua do a couple weeks ago against your Jets? Short, 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 mm -hmm. short. And obviously, you saw the one play, the one that he threw to the wrong shoulder for Tyreek. That Tyreek was ready to go to the house, and it didn't happen. But then he came right back, threw it to Jalen Waddle, And unfortunately, I think that was really the, the end of the game for Jalen Waddle because yeah. th then he got, you know, yeah, the, the high ankle sprint. sprint. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll talk about Jalen Waddle here in a second as well. But honestly, I'm not trying to be a homer here. I didn't see any negatives. What about you? The fact that you only got in the end zone once doesn't alarm you? 
No, because I think unlike what the media said, people mm -hmm. like Colin Cowherd thought that the Dallas Cowboys were going to come into town, shut us down on offense, and just mollywop us on defense. Right. None of that happened. So yeah, for me, no. I, I thought, which when we did the preview episode, I'm like, the cupcakes of the of the NFC aren't really that aren't really cupcakes. They're a solid team. So it didn't surprise me that they were able to slow us down because of the fact that they do have a really good team. The only thing that would worry me was the fact that they didn't get 10. And I get it's a great point, obviously, right? The Cowboys yeah. are, a, well, everybody says they're frauds, right? Especially after sure. this Sunday. But sure. they're a good team. <clears throat> but that Mika Parsons roughing the passer, I think, helped get in the end zone. A little, a little bit. It, if that if that doesn't happen, I don't know if you get in the end zone and Jason Sanders has an additional field goal instead of a touchdown, and what happens then? So I think the the red zone offense again because red zone offense has always been like the Dolphins was it the first eight or ten games of the season they were ranked highest and then they've dropped off a little bit over the last couple of games. So I think again hard to nitpick right because at that this point we're nitpicking because it was a good game right but. If I had to pick something, I think I would pick the fact that they were unable to get into the end zone more than once. Me and you are classified as old heads, and shout out to battered Herons, Chris. Negative is the ref calling back a touchdown when the player had their feet in the end zone. I can neither confirm nor deny what you're talking about, but um, I, all I know is we won. But <laughs> outside of that, outside of that, Danny, real quick, obviously the shoving of Tua in the back – Okay, you could call it. A, go ahead, and now in, in this NFL nowadays, you could call it a roughing the passer. Mm -hmm. For me, that wasn't a roughing the passer, and the Christian Wilkins in the end zone wasn't was a roughing not. the passer. Dak Prescott grabbed him from the helmet and brought him down on top of him. I was like, "Wow!" They and really mind you, that? as it's happening, Christian Wilkins is—I believe I can fly—falling down <laughs> on him. Yeah. So, yeah, for for me, neither of those. We're roughing the past, and I get it. I agree. We're in this new age of football where you get smacked in the chin, and it's like they, they do this. They do this on your on your chin strap, and they're calling a fifteen yard penalty. I I agree with Michael Parsons, but Michael Parsons, if you're gonna if you're gonna dispute that one, right? Well, I dispute think that the might, other one in the NBA they do that a lot, where it's like makeup calls. It's like, all right, I missed it here. Fuck it, I'm, I got to give this team that call. Also, right. I think that might have had something to do with it. Which and if funny. I had a and if I had to pick one or the other, I think the Mika Parsons one was a lot more blatant. The way he kind of just threw his his forearm out to yeah. Tua's back, I think that that if I had to pick one, that one, a lot more over the Christian. Williams. I agree. By the way, we we it goes without saying, Danny. I don't know if you noticed again. We were down a few offensive linemen again. Um, Demarcus Lawrence was pretty quiet this whole entire game. Obviously, he got in there. He got in there one time, mm -hmm. but outside of these third stringers are playing hella good. Now, granted, they're much better in run blocking than they are pass blocking, but with as quickly as Tua gets rid of the ball, you don't need to pass block that long. I agree. No, it, right. I, that, that, that's, 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 a, that's a skill that people don't give Tua enough credit for because that is a skill. For sure. So let's go ahead and move to something that we could spend a couple of minutes on, Danny. How important is it for these Miami Dolphins to finish with the number one seed? Now, when I talked about this yesterday on DolphinsTalk.com, this question was posed to me, and I thought it would be great to talk to you about because you and I have the same vision when it comes to these Miami Dolphins in the aspect of they obviously are a much better team at home. 
Mm-hmm. They played decent on the road, especially when we've played the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we've played the Kansas City Chiefs, and granted, that was in Germany, but it technically still on the road. And obviously, the, the schlacking we got in Buffalo earlier in the season. For me, if I had to say it right now, if the Miami Dolphins don't get the number one seed, it's it's imperative that they do. Let me go that route. It's imperative that they get the number one seed. And I get it. People are going to be like, oh, well, it's going to be really difficult for them beating Baltimore and, and Buffalo as the last two weeks. I'm like, is it, though? No AFC team this year has really shown that they're the powerhouse of the AFC. So mm-hmm. for me, if Miami gets a number one seed, by the way, it would be great. Me as a season ticket holder, I get to go to three playoff games when I haven't been to one in God knows how many years. No, two but, playoff games. Sorry, two playoff games. Um, I think it's very important just for the simple fact that they're like six and one at home. They're mm-hmm. four and three on the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they play horrible on the road. What I'm saying is they obviously don't play as efficient on the road. So for me, I, I think it's imperative that they try to do everything they can even if some of these players aren't 100%, I think it's much more important to get the number one seed, get that first round by. And, and those injuries that you know are ticky-tack, you could take care of the week of the bye when you go into the playoffs. Those are my two cents. How about yours? I've told you all along that I thought that if we're talking Super Bowl, it, and I was just talking about winning the division, to have, get that sure. first home playoff game and maybe run into another team in the second round that maybe you play a home playoff game against also. But you have a chance to get that first round by and – Home playoff throughout the AFC, uh, I guess, divisional and, and uh, conference. conference. They haven't shown that they could beat a good team on the road. They finally showed that they could beat one at home. Mm-hmm. If they go ahead and they beat the Ravens, they have a possibility of getting that first round by and, and the home field throughout the playoffs. But more importantly, they finally shut everybody up and proved to themselves that they could do it on the road. Now, if they lose, it's it's almost like a double whammy because if they were to lose, they don't get that first round by. They don't have play out, uh, home field throughout the playoffs. And on top of that, they just lost to another good team on the road. So it's almost like mental, I would assume. Mm-hmm. They can't beat people on the road, and they don't have home field anymore. So this game is even more crucial than that Buffalo Bills game. I mean, obviously, they'll both be crucial whenever they get played. But this game, like you said, it's imperative to win this game. Because if they win this game and you're looking at home field advantage throughout the playoffs, I'm really thinking that the Dolphins have a really good chance of making the Super Bowl. Like, and, and that's not even hyperbole. Like, legit, coming into Miami and beating the Dolphins in Miami, not going to be an easy task with this offense and the way this defense is playing. Facts. So, so if you if they go ahead to, into Baltimore and they win that game, I might consider putting money on the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. Which is crazy. Because, you know, it's been a while that we've been able to say things like that. It's been a while since the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game was 23 years ago. Right. And then the last time that they were 11-4, and which is what they are right now, was 1990. It was even before I became a fan. I was seven years old back then. So, again, this is a whole different team that I I haven't seen a team like this. And obviously, I think almost all my life since since Mm -hmm. I've been a fan. Because there was plenty of years, Danny, which happened earlier this season. It happened in the Chargers game, and we talked about that in the post-game reaction show. We'll talk about it again right now. There have been times where the Dolphins will be in that same predicament. They just took the lead. We got three minutes left, and they'll find a way to lose that game. These Dolphins are finding a way to win these games, which Mm -hmm. is what gives me the thought process that maybe it's not a sole 
called long shot for us to go into Baltimore and beat them and then come back and beat Buffalo. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. One thing that we talk about, Danny, is people are USA Today, ESPN, Vegas. Lamar Jackson has taken over the lead as the NFL frontrunner for MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now I ask you this. There has been times that Lamar Jackson has been hurt plenty of times. And mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens still find a way to win the game, whether it's using their plethora of running backs, whether it's just relying on that dominant defense. I forget the backup quarterback's name now, but we have seen him come in and win some games for them as well. So my question to you, uh, we're, we're taking away everybody else. We're taking away Christian McCaffrey. We're taking away Tyreek Hill. We're taking away Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, so on and so forth, Patrick Mahomes. If I told you, you could only pick one MVP, and who do you think you're giving that award to? Are you giving it to Tua or Lamar? I'll go to you first. Did you drop your two cents before I give you my opinion? Uh, I'm giving it to Lamar. I Before the season started, I didn't take the Ravens seriously as a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's that that's my fault, and maybe some other people did. I didn't hear too many people saying that. But Lamar is the one that's carrying that team. Now, you said that he's been injured. He no, no, may- not this year. Not this oh, okay, year. Okay, okay, yeah. No, no, no. I just well, meant in general. I- Okay, okay, okay. Because I was going to say, what surprised me the most is that I remember we were joking when the schedule came out. I was like, okay, well, you guys got the Ravens the game before the last game of the year. He's not going to play. Right. Lamar Jackson may be injured by then. He's not going to be playing. So the fact that he's not only playing, but playing well, leading this offense, I have to give it to Lamar just because outside of Odell Beckham, off the top of my head, I can't think of who is that go-to receiver that they have. Can you tell me? I I I don't know. So you may have uh, to look that up. Well, I, I know that I, they, they still have their they still have their big ass tight end that obviously got hurt early in the season with that horrific takedown, and they lost him uh, Mark Andrews for the season. So obviously having Mark Andrews as a safety blanket, it's like having a Travis Kelsey, having a George Kittle. He's just that damn good. For me, okay, just real quick. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, but just real quick. Leading receptions, Zay Flowers has 74 receptions. Odell Beckham. 34 receptions would be the next wide receiver. Uh, Mark Andrews had 45 before he went down. ODB so, Beckham, yeah. Isaiah Likely, Nelson Ooh. Aguilar, Rashard I Bateman. I know him. Chris Edwards. I mean, granted, he's throwing it to a lot of running backs. But, I mean, he's 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 doing a lot, man. So, Listen, this, he, isn't, this isn't a conversation. 786 of, rushing yards also. Yeah, well, of course he is because he's an athletic <laughs> quarterback. Um. Listen, this isn't a a uh, a wrong or right answer. Mm-hmm. I just think that the Baltimore Ravens, the way they're built, would still be winning games even if it's not for Lamar Jackson, as they have shown in the past. Okay. For for me, I'm giving it to Tua Tungavelo with an asterisk. Only if he could go into Baltimore and he could go and come back and beat Buffalo. Here's my reason why. When you think of most valuable player, you think about the person who's most important to said team. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Dolphins are 11-4 and four without Tua Tungavailoa at the helm. Okay. Mike, White is, Mike White's decent. Skylar Thompson's decent. But right. I think Mike White and Skylar Thompson basically are a push. I, I think they're one and the same. Mike White has obviously shown more that he could win games. But for me, what Tua brings to you as a quarterback, as a leader, as a captain – the accuracy, the moxie that people love using that damn word, the moxie. He tosses the ball. Yes, he's a chunk of it goes to Tyreek Hill. 
but he could find every wide receiver on this team. He could find running backs. He makes Durham Smythe look good. I feel like if you talk about most important player, and by the way, he's leading in a few statistical categories as an NFL quarterback as well. If you take Tua Tungarello off this and he's injured for whatever reason, he can't play several weeks. The Dolphins are 11 and 4. So when you think of the most important person, I would give it to Tua Tungarello because for me, he is the most important to this, this team's success. Um, if I didn't give it to Lamar Jackson and the Dolphins end up with the number one team in the AFC, I'd yep. give it to Tyreek Hill. And okay. I know that a lot of people without 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 getting two thousand without getting two thousand. I know a lot okay. of people are going to point to that Jets game. Like, look what he did without Tyreek in that game. Right. That was Mike McDaniel, and I'm not taking away from Tua. You're Tua not. hit that pass down down the left sideline to Jalen Waddle. He he hit those accurate short passes. But I think Mike McDaniel made the perfect game plan for Tua and for that offense against that aggressive defense. Which Can Tua would still it? have to go out and execute. Right. Could he be eleven and four if Tyreek Hill wasn't on this team? I don't think so. I think Tyreek okay. Hill brings so much to this offense that I would give it to Tyreek Hill. And I, and I forgot who it was. Somebody had this conversation on one of the shows that they have on either ESPN or Fox or whatever that they said that they should now do like a most valuable quarterback and then a most valuable player. Because I think it's unfair that it automatically goes to the quarterback because if you look at the standings and where every team lays right now, I think Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers and Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins should be at the top of that list. And they rarely get mentioned. It's Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Tua Tagovailoa. And I, I feel like Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey aren't getting the credit that they deserve. And they should be Facts. in talks with MVP. Facts. So. Listen, I said yesterday that I thought Christian McCaffrey was in my top three. When they asked specifically, oh, that is true. That is true, Uncle Luke. That's a great that – yeah, you know what? I've heard that. Now that I think about it, what was the last MVP to win? Was it Kurt Warner was the last MVP to win the Super Bowl? I believe so. I'm going to go check that out. So. Go check that out. But that's a fair point. That's a fair point. For, but when they asked me yesterday who my top three was, Christian McCaffrey was in my top three. And Lamar Jackson, too, took world to lead it right afterwards. But I feel like the running backs and wide receivers don't get enough credit. And the last running back to get it was a Adrian Peterson. And you remember, and you remember Adrian Peterson bald. Shout out to Dolphin Thursday coming by and showing some love. Showing some love. There, he, there go that man right there, mama. Uh, just so you know, it happened actually pretty recently. Last year, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. Oh, and he doesn't count. He doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't All count. Right. Yeah, well. We're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> well, outside of him, just just because we started talking about it, since 1990, let's start in 1990, Emmitt Smith, 93, won the MVP and Super Bowl. Steve Young in 94, Brett Favre in 96, Terrell Davis in 98, Kurt Warner in 99, and then 23 years later, Patrick Mahomes did it. 23 years later. What happened 23 yeah. years ago? The Dolphins won a playoff game. Just throwing that out there. All right. Danny, the narrative hasn't changed. What will it take? Now, just like clockwork, your boy Peter Fanatic sometimes drops some dimes out there. Yesterday, they asked me, what would it take? What's the next narrative the Dolphins have to kill? And what I said was, because as soon as we beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were supposed to come into town and mollywop the Miami Dolphins, according to so-called experts like Colin Cowherd. What's that? You, are, are you talking about Colin Cowherd? That's I am. What every, I am. Every, no, everybody is. Fuck that guy. And he so, loves it. He's my next Kyle Brand on the list, by the way. He is my next Kyle <laughs> Brand on the list. He said after, ooh, big whoop, you beat the Dallas Cowboys. You're the one who said that they were going to come in here and beat us. Now it's not a big deal. Well, don't worry about it. Baltimore's about to take, a, take care of these Miami Dolphins. So just like clockwork, they asked me this question yesterday. What's the next narrative the Miami Dolphins have to kill? I specifically said is 
Now they have to go on the road mm-hmm. and beat one of these powerhouses that are considered powerhouses because all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys weren't. Oh, they're a shit team on the road. They don't count. Well, fine. What's your excuse if we beat Baltimore? So, Mad Dog today on ESPN, and I, that's another guy I can't stand on first take. He said, and I quote, well, now they got to go on the road and beat one of these teams. And I knew, I just knew that that had to be their next narrative because, of course, like we talked about, they went on the road and faced Buffalo, got whomped. Mm-hmm. They went on the road and faced Philly. We lost a close game, 11 penalties to zero, no excuses. And then obviously went to Germany, fought a hard ass game, and mm-hmm. one miscommunication from two to Cedric Wilson. Here we are, a- another loss on that road against a really good team. So for me, Danny, I'm going to stick with the same answer. We have to go on the road and punch the Baltimore Ravens in mouth. And even if we win by two, even if we win by one, beating a powerhouse team like the Baltimore Ravens on the And by the way, by the way, let me let me add a little sprinkle on top to everybody listening. I don't care what the national media says. It just irks me that every single time that the Dolphins do something right, they move that goalpost. Every time Tua does something right, they move that goalpost. Every time this defense lights people up, well, who did you really play? I'm just saying, from that aspect, what else do these what else do you do you, Danny? You as a Jets fan, the most bipartisan fucking person I could do this show with. What else do the Miami Dolphins do to change the narrative from the national media? Well, I mean, you, you hit it right on the money. We I, I was talking over a month ago when they were talking about how they keep losing to all these winning teams. And we broke it out on the show. If you have two very good teams in the AFC Championship or NFC Championship, and you're like, wow, these teams are very equally uh, uh, – they're, they're, they're very similar in skill level as far as rosters go. So what's the difference? Usually it's who has the home field advantage. So I said, okay, the Dolphins lost a couple of close games on the road against good teams. That's fine. A lot of teams lose those type of games. I want to see them lose that at home to call them a fraud. And they didn't. They proved that if a good team comes to Miami, they can beat that good team. So what's the next thing? Like you just said, like we've been saying, maybe they can't beat these teams on the road. That's why we said that having these home field advantage throughout the playoffs is so important for this Dolphins team. So go ahead, beat the Ravens. And even if they lose to the Ravens, but let's say hypothetically, they lose by like a field goal. Right. Right. If they lose by, you think to yourself, that's a good team at home. Right. When two good teams play against each other, a lot of times that's the difference, the home field. That, Football is the only the only sport that I think the home field plays a, a large part in the outcome. For sure. And that's an MVP-led Baltimore Ravens team, right? Because that's what Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is an NFL MVP front-runner as we speak. So it just it speaks volume to me that the national media is so disrespectful against Miami, but it is what it is. Alas. Now let's answer two quick questions, Danny. Somebody put up here. Let me find it. Can the Dolphins D stop Lamar Jackson and that great offensive line? Danny, correct me if I'm wrong. Two years ago at home, granted, under a different coach, we shut down that Lamar Jackson-led team. Was that a Thursday, to- Thursday night football? It was either Thursday or Sunday night. One of those yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. We, we shut that thing down. We shut it down, sir. Mm-hmm. There was no Lamar Jackson running all over us. Actually, actually, we made him a pure passer, and he stunk up the place. Now, granted, different scheme, different coach. Let's go back to last year. 
we were on the road in Baltimore. Correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of people didn't want to give the credit where credit's due. Oh, well, the Baltimore Ravens gave that game away. Letting Tyreek Hill get behind them. Letting J- This is what Tyreek Hill does. This is what J- I don't think the Baltimore Ravens said, hey, by the way, let's not cover Tyreek Hill. Let's not cover Jalen Waddle. Well, we came on after that, and I told you what I thought happened there. I thought at that point, everybody was still the Tua has a noodle arm. Tua can't throw it deep. Right. And they said, F it. Let's make Tua beat us. And after that game, that was the second game of the year, I believe. Correct. After that game, everybody's like, okay, maybe he could do it. <laughs> maybe he could do it. He did it a couple times in a span of like 10 minutes. Maybe he could do it. And after that, people started respecting it. But before that fourth quarter in Baltimore, yeah, everybody's still like, I don't know if Tua could throw it deep. And that game, and he, he did it. And then he said six touchdowns later. And that's it. Yeah, so that was it. it goes to move on to this coming right here. MA Long fan. We could all see the writing on the wall. Our last game against the Bills would be for the division. I hope we could beat the Ravens to clinch the division, but I don't see it happening. I'll just spend a couple minutes on that. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for commenting. Here's my thought process based on the two points that I just made. And then Danny could give you his. We've beaten them at home. Mm-hmm. We've beaten them on the road. Mm-hmm. This defense is playing so much better mm-hmm. this season than they have last year. And last year, you remember. Lamar Jackson was making making us look foolish on the defense side of the ball. He had like four touchdowns. He was running for 100-plus yards. My thing is, we've shown that we could beat these Baltimore because it's basically the same team outside of ODB. It's basically, go look at the roster. It's basically the same team. Same coach. My thing is, Danny, I think that we have way more positives going into this game that we shouldn't feel like we can't beat the Ravens at home. Now, I hope we can. I get it. Me too. I'm with you. I hope that we can do that as well. But try to keep in the back of your mind that we've done this before. We have beat the Baltimore Ravens before. Granted, I don't think Tua's going to go out there and throw six touchdown passes. I think the Baltimore Ravens will be ready for that. But this run game, the wide receivers on it, Jalen Waddle is questionable, but they said the severe, the high ankle sprain is not as serious. That was out of the words of Mike McDaniel this uh, today during the press conference. But I'm sorry, Danny. I think it's not that far-fetched to think that we could beat the Baltimore Ravens. So let's go ahead and start talking about this game. It takes place this Sunday. Thankfully, it did not get flexed. Danny, even if Jalen Waddle can't go, I think with Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Chase Claypool. Yes, I said Chase Claypool. He was on the field a few times this past game. Devon Cedric Aiken. Wilson was looking decent. Yeah. Yes, he was. Because, again, mm-hmm. he was fighting his old team. Mm-hmm. De- Danny, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that Miami can't... Listen, a few weeks ago when we lost to Tennessee, I said, I can't answer that question until I see what they do against the Dallas Cowboys. They looked great against the Dallas Cowboys. If that's the same, if that's the same type of football I'm getting this weekend against the Baltimore, I do not think it's far-fetched to think the Dolphins could go into Baltimore and win that game. I haven't seen the line, but I don't think anybody's going to say it's far-fetched because... These are two good teams. I think they've both proven that they're solid teams. All that talk about the Dolphins, again, the schedule is what it is. They played against three good teams on the road that they lost to. So be it. That Buffalo Bills game was a little ugly. But the Philly and Chiefs game, like, they're good teams. It's just I, I didn't make that big a deal out of it. If they would have gotten their ass kicked by the Cowboys, then I would have been like, all right, well, then maybe they aren't as good as we thought. The line is three. 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 And you usually get three points for being the home team. So imagine. Right. So it, it, it's almost it's almost even. 
So I even Vegas sees it as a close game. Right. Do can they stop Lamar Jackson? I don't know. <laughs> you you seen Jackson, it. You seen Lamar. us do it. You seen us do it, Danny. No, yeah. I remember that game where they, they brought the house and it was it was just Lamar Jackson didn't know what was coming, which was kind of weird to see. I remember watching that. I was at my brother's house watching that game. It was a night game. I don't remember what day it was, but it was a night game. I know we've seen you do it, but last year, those first three quarters, the Ravens were 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 laying a whipping. Like I get it. And then the Dolphins had a great fourth quarter and kind of turned the season around right there. But I don't know. I'd have to see it to believe it, honestly, because it's on the road and Lamar Jackson is just something else. All right, well, let's go ahead and take it. Miami is not taking the number one seed. That's the Raven spot. Listen, if you had, if I was a betting man, mm-hmm. and you told me right now you have to pick the way it's going to end up. I think Miami takes, um, sorry, loses to Buffalo, and then they beat Buffalo. I'm sorry, they beat the, they lose to Baltimore and they beat Buffalo at home. That's if I was Got a betting it. man, that's the that's the route I would go. But. What I've seen lately from these Miami Dolphins, and we'll go ahead and pick this game now. What I've seen lately from this Miami Dolphins team is that this is not, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Dolphins fan, if you've been watching every game this season, there have been glimpses that we lose games because of play calling and terrible decisions at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Vic Fangio being stubborn and not sending any pressure to, uh, to Will Levis. Mike McDaniel not sticking with the run. It's been ticky-tack things that have caused us to lose games. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that lately against the Jets, against the Dallas Cowboys. Do I think they'll keep it up? Yes, I do. So, Danny, this game I'm picking with my heart. I'm not picking with my head. I think Miami does go into Baltimore and win this game. I think because of those reasons that I think this defense is playing lights out. Lamar Jackson is currently their leading rusher, by by the way. And I don't know if you've noticed, Miami's been pretty stout against the run. Over the last that's, five that, weeks. That, that's a different I get type it. of run, though. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I get it. Mm-hmm. But for me, if Javon Holland could get his ass on the field this week, which is, by the way, crazy to me, because I felt like it was a concussion that took him out against the Jets on Black Friday, and now he's had two MRI sprains in his knees or two MCL sprains in his knees somehow, some way, while he's been out this whole entire time. But if Javon Holland can get back on the field, I'm not too I'm not too worried about Jalen Waddle not being on the field or not being available for us to have to beat them. Because for me, for us to win this game, it has to be on defense. It has to be on defense. Tua will get up and down the field, even if it's Jason Sanders kicking field goals. I think there's the, the play calling from Mike McDaniel will have that happen. Do I see a situation where Tua could throw four interceptions like the way Brock Purdy did? No. I don't see that happening either. But I'm picking Miami with my heart to win this game. And I'm going to go another low-scoring game. I want to say 23-20 Miami wins this game. 23-20, okay. Yeah. I mean, the Niners are one of the best offenses in the league. And yes, they, they got to nine, They got to 19 points against the Ravens yep. this past week. Yep. The Jaguars. 20. Pretty decent offense. Well, I mean, the Dolphins are the best offense in the league, so I, that's fair. The Jaguars were held to seven. Uh, the Chargers were held to ten. I mean, this this is a this is a, they have the best defense in the league scoring wise. They're only they're only allowing sixteen points per game. Like it's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. They're leading the league in rushing with their quarterback being the leading rusher because it's it's different to stop a, a running quarterback than it is just a running back. 
Sure. It's almost like playing wildcat every fucking possession. Yep. So I, I understand all that. If this was in Miami, I'd choose Miami and I'd feel really comfortable about it. Because it's in Baltimore, I just, I'm just, I know you're I a home guy. I know you're, yeah. you're a home team guy. When I have a hard time picking between teams, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go with the home team. And sure. in this case, because of that, that stout Baltimore defense, because Lamar Jackson is such a pain in the ass to stop. If you think Josh Allen is a pain in the ass to stop, I mean, we, we get used to seeing Josh Allen twice a year. Lamar Jackson, man, he is. So He's that guy. He's that yeah. guy. So frustrating to play against. I, I can't pick against the Ravens this game. I'm going to go Ravens 24-20. I'm going to give the Dolphins 20 also. 24-20. I, I, and I, listen, I, I can't be mad at that because the, we're not talking about a cupcake team. We are talking about the national media's darling, one of their darlings right now in the Baltimore They, they are favorite favorites to go to the Super Bowl right now. Correct. So just to touch on it now, if it does end up happening that way, the Dolphins lose. If we lose 24-20, do, do you lose any faith in this Miami Dolphins no. team? No, okay. I think that if, if – let's lay it out. The Dolphins lose wait, 24 wait, wait. to 20. Jesus Christ, Uncle Luke. Man, Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke. If the Dolphins win this game 42-10, I will get you two tickets to the Miami Dolphins game. That's all I got to say. If the Dolphins win this game 42-10, I will get you two tickets to the next Miami Dolphins game. Go ahead, Danny. So let's lay this out. Let's say the Dolphins lose 24-20 to the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. But they play a good game. Yeah. I think they go ahead and they beat Buffalo, win the division, get a home playoff game wild card round. Sure. I don't care who they play in the ho- at home. They're going to lose to what? The Colts at home? The Bengals at home? The like They're not losing at home in the wild card round. They go to the divisional round. I don't know who they'll play, but they'll probably play another divisional winner. It could be the Jacksonville Jaguars. You host the Jacksonville Jaguars, you get beating their ass also. So I, I still think that the path is there if they if they still win the division after this loss. Now, if they blow it against the Ravens and then they lose to Buffalo and they don't win the division and then they have to travel somewhere, and as faith would have it, I could see it now. I don't know if you could see it, but I could see it. If somehow they lose that against Buffalo, I could see them being matched up against each other in the first round. And you having to go to Buffalo. And I, I no longer feel good about this. I get it. This right here, this comment. We don't like living in the past here, but yes, you are absolutely 110% right. Yep. Um, if it wasn't for that three minute, 14 point meltdown. lead meltdown, God, we would be division champs right now. But listen, yep. little, little, little faith here, guys. I get that the Patriots are terrible. I think terrible. everyone everyone said at the beginning of the season, Denny was the only one that was like, I just, I think with everybody picking them to be shitty, they might they, find a way to... They, they, they scared the hell out of me, man. Right. Guys, the Patriots play the Buffalo Bills very, very well. Go back and look at the tape. I'm not saying they're going to beat them. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can't beat the Buffalo Bills this Sunday as well. You know what? If it wasn't for the Chargers scaring the shit out of the Bills last week without Justin Herbert, I think that they might take this Patriots game lightly. Yeah. But because that happened to them against the Chargers, they're like, yo, let's not fuck around. Like, we need to right. kick their ass. Listen, Bill so, Belichick may, may be coaching his last two games, man. You don't know. He may want to go on a high note. Maybe. maybe. Just saying. It, it can happen. It can right. Any given Sunday. I, I know we're, we're running up on the clock, but I do want to ask you one question now. Sure. 
if the Dolphins do beat the Baltimore Ravens? Mm-hmm. How does the national media coverage all of a sudden flip? Because I said it on Twitter just a couple of days ago, what I think is going to happen. You, what do you think happens if the Dolphins beat the Ravens on Sunday? They're, we're the luckiest team in the NFL. I don't think so. I think everybody's picking the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. You're a liar. I would never believe that. I, I, there's too many Colin Cowherds in the world for me to believe that. I'm sorry. I just don't nah. think they always find a way to hate on this team. I don't know what it is. They always—it's it, not just this year. It's not just this year. Well, but but up, in, look, up until this year, the Dolphins have sucked. They have. Okay, but so, th- then and they've had ammo to use that. Right. But like, they don't I, this year. Is Colin Cowherd used the stupidest analogy. He's like, if you're a professional journalist. And you've written for 23 years, but you never really got an award. And all of a sudden, you write a masterpiece. Do you think I'm going to take you? It's not the same. It's, not. it's the same person the last 23 years. Although it's the same logo, it's different players, you fucking dumbass. Right. It's a different coach, you fucking dumbass. Yeah. Like, Mike McDaniel wasn't here for the last 23 years. Clip he didn't that. have Tua and Tyreek the last 23 <laughs> years. So, Colin Coward, it's the stupid... And it's not even him. It's his dumbass writers. Because he just right. reads the shit that they write for him. So, it's right. such a stupid analogy. I read that and I was like, why do people take this guy seriously? So dumb. Just know that I'm going to clip that and that's going to be the trailer for this episode because yeah. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And I'm glad that it came from your mouth and not Mike because you're like, oh, look at that fucking Homer. Danny's not a fucking Dolphins fan. But no. nonetheless, listen, happy fucking new year to you, sir. We're about to cross Likewise. into 2024, Danny. Um, unfortunately, your team will not be in the playoffs. We, we had those hopes at the beginning of the season. We're like, wow, the way you guys are projected, the way we're projected, we might we might play each other in the playoffs. That's so Alas, nice. it didn't happen, but at least you got to see my Dolphins clinch a playoff berth <laughs> this past Sunday against the Dallas yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But, sir, as always, lead us out of here, man. All right. Well, if you are listening – oh, wait, before I do, almost forgot. Jesus, almost forgot. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we have a Battered Heat Fans uh, podcast, and we're also give, doing a quick giveaway. So – uh, we're gonna we're gonna actually talk about or say what you need to do to win the giveaway. But obviously, one of the things you need to do is follow Battered Heat fans on Twitter and on YouTube. And we're gonna be giving those are actually that's the view from the seats. Uh, it's Ooh, January thirty first. I'll give away uh, seats out here. Yeah, Miami Heat, Sacramento Kings, two seats. So go ahead and follow Battered Heat on Twitter and on YouTube, and you, uh, we'll, we'll let you know how to. Uh, Become part of that giveaway, raffle, whatever you want to call it. All right. So I just want to put that out there. I almost forgot. So, again, if you are listening on audio, we appreciate you sticking with us all the way to the end. Please leave us a five-star review, comment, all that other good stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for sticking with us for the last 43 minutes. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, it's a good year to be a Dolphin fan. So Hit the like button. Subscribe. It's free. I promise you they will not charge you a dime. All right. And until the next one. Have a good one. Fins up, y'all.